there's going to be some ups and downs, just like there is in professional sports. But you persevere and you keep going. And eventually, that new venture becomes who you are. Best ever listeners, before we jump into today's episode, for all my fix and flippers out there, are your financing costs eating away at your bottom line? And are you looking for a way to increase your overall profits by lowering your loan payments to the bank or maybe your private lender? Well, our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land, you know Patch of Land, they've been on the show, representatives of their company have been on the show many times, they've been a sponsor of this show many, many times, they're back for more because they love you and they love working with the best ever listeners and they've got an interesting point of view on interest rates and that is that it's the interest rates that we are quoted shouldn't necessarily be taken at face value because perhaps a higher interest rate could actually deliver a lower cost to your fix and flip loan. And they have a white paper on how that is possible and how that can be applied to your fix and flip business to help your bottom line get more profitable and to help you choose the best a lender for your financing needs. So go to patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless and they've got a white paper for you and it will walk you through the way to evaluate interest rates in terms in general on your loan so that you truly are getting the best interest rate because there are some tricky things some lenders try to do to um, glaze over the fact that their lower interest rate, quote unquote, is actually higher based on some technical things that they put into it. So go to patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless and get that white paper so that you can save money on your fix and flip projects. Patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluff with us today. Marvin Washington. How you doing, Marvin? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, my pleasure. Nice to have you on the show. And best ever listeners, well, I know all you football fans know who Marvin Washington is. If you're not a football fan, well, let me give you a brief background on Marvin. He is a Super Bowl champion. He actually won Super Bowl in 1998 with the Denver Broncos, had a long and successful NFL career and is now involved in five different companies as an entrepreneur and a businessman. And one of them is Isadal, which I will let him talk more about. So with that being said, Marvin, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Yeah, my football career was my football career. I retired in 2000. After that, I went to the financial industry. I started out with some big houses like Merrill Lynch, MetLife. Then I went over to boutique firms. And about five years ago, I got introduced to the cannabis space. And I call it a space because it's not an industry yet because we're not federally regulated like any other industry as far as trucking or tobacco or what have you. So I got introduced to it. I did a deep dive into it because I didn't know the difference between THC and TLC because I don't consume cannabis and I still don't. But learning about the medicinal benefits and learning the full spectrum of what the plant can do, I went into it with both feet, and I'm happy that I'm here. Can you tell us just what the company does and what's your role? The company is Isodal International, and they're a supplier of isolates, of CBD, 
and they have all types of products that they have from waters to pain cream to beauty products to tinctures to vapes, the full spectrum that you can have. And I got introduced to Isodot about two years ago. We talked and we did a joint venture and came up with something that was in my wheelhouse was Isosport. It's a sports nutritional line that is geared towards athletes. And we have some products in there like recovery water and cream and what have you. And everybody uses the product that they're really happy with it. And then about six months ago, Isodal, there was a Pupco in an empty shell up in Canada and everybody put their companies in there. And so I'm still part of Isodal, Isosport, but I'm part of Isodal International. And there's Laguna Blend, which was a skincare product company. We got Pot of Coffee, who makes infused coffees and teas. We have Isodal. And we have, Jesus, there's one more company that, that slips my mind, but Isodal is going to be a vital suitable company. And that's their big play, not only in North America, but also in South America and Europe and Australia also. You said a couple things. One, just for my education, what CBD stand for? Oh, I'm sorry. CBD is cannabinol. There's two main compounds in the cannabis plant. One is THC, which everybody knows uh, gets you high and gets you stoned. And CBD is non-psychotropic. So it doesn't get you high, it doesn't get you stoned. And it helps out the kids that have like the epileptic strokes and seizures, helps out cancer patients, it helps out the soldiers that have PTSD, athletes that have CTE or the closed head issue, diabetes, blood pressure, you name it. And they're not making medical claims. These are facts. That, that's what it helps with. So that's the main part that I'm on is the CBD side because, as I said before, I don't consume cannabis to get high, but I definitely use CBD. Got it. So the products that you're mentioning, like the water for athletes, things like that, an athlete in the NFL or NBA could consume that and their, their pee would be fine. Yes, because in the sports league, they're testing for the THC. And the NFL and the major sports leagues over here hasn't gotten that far because CBD is still a gray area. But WADA, the World Anti-Doping Association that governs all Olympic athletes all over the world, they just came out with a big announcement last month that they're taking CBD off the ban list and athletes can use it now and they're going to start using it because we have CBD cannabinoids in our own body. There's something called the endocannabinoid system. And that's the one that regulates our body and gives us homeostasis, so to speak. But this thing is, I want it to be researched and developed, and we'll see what it can really do. But I know that athletes should be taking CBD, and if there's ever a sport that should be experiment with cannabis, whether it's THC or CBD, it's football. Yeah, and maybe rugby too, right? Well, any contact sport. Right, I know. I know yeah. Any contact sport. And the second highest incidence of concussions are high school girl soccer players. And I, would have so, meant, I would have not got that correct on a trivia question. <laughs> but, yeah, a lot of people do not know that. So anybody in a contact sport, especially when they're putting their head in play, we want them to use CBD because the government has that patent. And the patent is patent 6630507 that says CBD is an antioxidant and neuroprotectant for the brain in relationships to concussions. Mm-hmm. So the government knows about it. And uh, we're just looking for this whole cannabis prohibition 
ban to be lifted and we can really study this natural plant that we've been medicating with for thousands of years. Let's talk about you as an entrepreneur. So let's take a step back from this particular company and talk a little bit more macro level. You as an entrepreneur, so I've interviewed other NFL players or former players, and one thing that they've said, and this not just NFL, but NBA and WNBA, one thing they've said is that when you're in the professional sport, that's your life. And really, you almost have to attach your identity to it because it's all-consuming. So when you leave, one of the challenges is reinventing yourself and that identity that you attach to yourself. And I'm asking you this question not because I have a lot of listeners who are former NFL players that need some help, but I I have a lot of listeners who do have full-time jobs in an industry, whether it's finance or advertising or whatever, and they're looking to reinvent themselves into real estate and being a full-time real estate investor. So how did you reinvent yourself and your identity from one industry to another? Wow. I think that like I might have been a little different. The average NFL career is only 3.2 years. I played 11 years. So in the middle of that career, I started thinking about what am I going to do next? And the NFL has set up this internship program, and I did an internship with Wall Street Journal. I did an internship with Reebok, which gave me an introduction to the corporate world. So towards the end of my career, I started thinking about what I wanted to do. And one of the best things that happened to me was when I was leaving the 49ers, I met with Bill Walsh, who's the iconic, legendary coach. And he told me, Marvin, whatever you do, he said, get to doing it. Don't sit around, get to doing it. So after the season, I took about three months off and the market corrected itself. And I was kind of upset about that. And I said, maybe I can do this myself. And I reached out to my advisor and he got me on with MetLife, starting with insurance. Then I got my securities license. And the whole thing is that the lessons that I took from football, I just took them to the corporate world. So if anybody's in a different field and they want to transition, Still take whatever you're doing and the things that you're doing that makes you successful there. Take some of those fundamentals to your next venture, your next career move in life and go at it 100%. You can't be halfway in or halfway out. Go at it 100%. And there's going to be some ups and downs, just like there is in professional sports. But you persevere and you keep going. And eventually that new venture becomes who you are. So I'm known more for what I've done over the last 15 years versus what I did in my previous life as a professional football player. And what are those sports lessons that you learned that you are now applying as an entrepreneur? The biggest one is you got to give 100%. You have to give 100% because, and you have to really work hard and apply yourself because in the financial industry that I was in, if you think you're going to work nine to five and have success, you're misleading yourself. But I worked as much in the financial industry as I did in my football career. It was 12 hours days in my football careers. It was the same in the financial industry. And I knew not to never give up. I knew that there were some down periods, but you have to just keep your head down and keep going. And the biggest thing that I can say is even when you're not having success, do things that are going to make you successful. 
It's just like if I went out in my backyard right now and planted a seed, the next day I'm back out there, I still have to plant that spot. And then the tree's going to grow. And eventually I got to plant it and be consistent with it every day. And eventually it's going to bear fruit. So that's what you have to do in your career, because I've seen too many people give up. And it's like, did you really give it an honest shot? You have to go, you have to go, you have to keep going day after day. When you are giving it 100% and you're not getting the results, what do you do? Well, make a halftime adjustment and see what you can do to be successful and be around successful people. One of the things I learned at MetLife and Merrill Lynch, if your clients are making $40,000 a year, you're going to make $40,000 a year. And I had some good mentors. Always be open to learn. Go into work or go into your new career like you don't know anything, but soak it all in there. Still have the basic fundamentals, and that will give you a shot at success. I can't say it's going to give you success, but I know it'll give you a shot at success. But there's no way that you're going to be successful without the things I learned in sports, which is hard work and consistency. Can you tell us the story of a halftime adjustment either during halftime or actually in business where you've had to make that adjustment and what the results were? Well, in business, when I first started out in the financial industry, I like to dress up and look like a financial planner and, and advisor, but I was doing nine to five and it was reflected in my paycheck. So the whole thing with me in sports, I didn't give myself a back door. And so my halftime adjustment was to come in early and to leave late and to work weekends and always be working. So that's something that I did in football is if something wasn't working in the first half, we go in and make a halftime adjustment and go from there. It has to be on the fly. But you have to be able to adapt because things always come up unexpectedly. And as long as you've put in the work and you're focused, you can overcome them. If something is not working and you like what you're doing or whatever, try something else or go with somebody else that has done it and that is successful and follow the path because no matter what field you're getting into, you're not reinventing the wheel. Maybe mm -hmm. go cannabis, but you're not really inventing the wheel because eventually this is going to become an industry also. So the same skill sets and the same fundamentals that are necessary in a corporate world, they're going to be necessary in the cannabis space. But the thing that I put away and I tell people is to work hard and be consistent. Whether it's in the financial industry, the financial gods will bless you. The cannabis is God's going to bless you. You got to go at it. If you're giving it a half effort, you're going to get that back. Mm -hmm. As far as working hard and that consistent piece, what do you do consistently? Oh, wow. I have my schedule. I'm set in my habits. I get up early and I always plan my day the day before. And then on the weekends, I review what I did the previous week and see what's ahead and what I can do better. Because especially in this cannabis space, things change day to day, week to week, month to month. And it's tricky in this space because rules are different with different cities and municipalities. Cannabis may be legal in Colorado, but Denver's rules and regulations are different than Colorado Springs. And Colorado Springs are different than Boulder. So you always have to be stay on your toes and malleable. But the whole thing is getting back to the fundamentals. It's like be consistent. Have your goals. Don't go with the fads and the trends. You know what you're trying to accomplish. So go after that every day. And that's what I do. 
And one of the things I learned in football is I write down a list and I study. If I'm looking at a new company or meet with new people, I've already done my research on them because that's what I did in sports. When I was going up against offensive line, I'd have to study them. And that's the way I learned. And that's the way I brought some of that to the corporate world that I'm in now. Digging in a little bit, or maybe a lot of bit, on the planning the night before and reviewing the previous week. When you plan the night before for the next day, will you tell us exactly what you do in terms of keyboard, notepad, bullet points? What does that look like? The same thing. All of it. On my laptop, and I have an old school planner. And I visualize because when I was in sports, the Saturday before the game or the week before the game, I would visualize myself making plays in certain situations. So this is the same thing. I visualize myself being successful. I prepare for this interview. I prepare for all my meetings that I go to, and I visualize certain talking points and stay on the talking points and try to get the narrative that I want to get across. And that's the way I prepare. And it may not be for everybody, but if you're not prepared, I don't think you're giving yourself a chance to be successful because definitely not against me because I'm going to know everything that I need to know about your company and about you. And I'm going to use that to, like I said, control the narrative. Mm -hmm. But I've been lucky enough to work with good people and have good companies. And Isodow is an excellent company, excellent people, smart businessmen. So we're a team and we go out and we get things done. As far as now reviewing the previous week, what's your process for that? It's on a Sunday. A habit that I picked up when I was with Merrill Lynch is reviewing the, the week and seeing what I could have done better. Because one of the things is, is that you don't want to have regrets in business or in life and seeing what you could have possibly done better. And if I didn't close an account I would do a review and see what could I have done different. And it's the same thing in this industry with the different companies that I'm with. I'm always reflecting and seeing what I could have done better because the buck stops with me. Is it challenging to have that self-assessment on a regular basis to identify things that you could have done better? No, this is the way that I've always been taught. You always have to do a deep self-assessment because sometimes when there's an issue, it's not other people. You're the common denominator in that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from girlfriend to girlfriend, a wife to wife, or job to job, what's the common denominator in there? So I think people should do that all the time. And sometimes they're bigger. If you're really honest with yourself, you can see where you can be at fault. But mm -hmm. if you're doing self-assessment all the time, you should be at fault 100% of the time. But there are some things that you can always improve on because everybody can always learn and everybody can always improve no matter what age they're at, no matter what industry you're in. Once you feel like you've mastered something and you've got it, you probably don't. And you probably need to adjust or get out that, that space entirely if you think like you know it all. When you identify an area of improvement for yourself, what do you do at that point? I take action on it. I try to improve it and do something better. Sometimes it can come down to something like, I didn't listen enough. You're in a meeting and you want to get your point across, but having a conversation, it's a two-way deal. So it's listening and it's talking. I like to talk. I can talk a lot, but sometimes I have to listen. 
sometimes I have to see things from a different point of view instead of just my point of view. And the way that I see things, and I think I'm kind of lucky like this, I see things vertically, horizontally, and then I can see them from above. That's when I'm doing my reflection and even thinking ahead. I'm trying to look at it in all ways and get the whole picture to making sure that I'm getting it, making sure that the issue is not coming from our side or coming from me. But I think everybody should do that. I think you should do that in your relationships. I think you should do that in business. I think you should do that in your religion. Do that self-assessment. Yeah, I love that. Completely and wholeheartedly agree with you on that. Based on your experience as an entrepreneur, what is your best advice ever to other entrepreneurs out there? And my audience, people listening, best ever listeners, they're real estate investors, but we're all entrepreneurs. As a real estate investor, yeah. we're an entrepreneur. So what is your best You're advice ever? Your You're running your own business. Yeah. And so you have to be true and honest and put in the hard work. And you may not have success, but you're not giving yourself a chance if you don't put in the hard work. Have some fundamentals, have some fundamental things and focus that you're going to do every day. Like I said, watering that plant every day. You have to do that. If you're in the real estate, if you have to make contact with 100 people a day, know what your number is. Make contact with 100 people a day in order to make 10 sales a month. So the other thing about entrepreneurs, salesmen, because whether you call them a financial advisor or investment advisor or a real estate person or whatever, you're a salesman because you have to get the check. Don't be afraid to say no. You have to get your no. But don't be afraid to get your no, but you have to get it. So don't be afraid to approach anybody. Be consistent in what you do. Have a fundamental focus and go on there and you're giving yourself a chance to be successful. I love that. We're going to do a lightning round. Your answers don't have to be quick. And in fact, one of the questions I ask you, I don't think you'll be able to have a quick answer, maybe. But are you ready for the best ever lightning round? First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Today's sponsor, Patch of Land, has got the document for you that you've got to check out if you're a fix and flipper. They show you how a higher interest rate can actually deliver a lower cost to your fix and flip loan. And conversely, how a lower interest rate could deliver a higher cost to your fix and flip loan. Needless to say, you got to know this stuff to identify the best loan terms. Go to patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Get this document, patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, Make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation Podcast at com. Okay, Marvin, here's the question I was thinking of. You mentioned put in the hard work as entrepreneurs. You may not have success, but at least put in the hard work and be consistent so you can set yourself up to be as successful as possible. So what's a venture as an entrepreneur that you've done that completely flopped? When I left football, I tried to be a concert promoter. And I tried to throw money behind it without throwing work and experience and relying on other people. I've learned since then that if I'm going to cook the meal, I should be able to buy the groceries too. Mm -hmm. So saying that, I need to be involved at each level and be in there to making sure that I'm bringing everything I can do to make it a success. But that one right there, 
I failed at. Best ever way you like to give back? Oh, all the time. I'm known for it. Whether I'm giving to the homeless every day that I see them, I always give money. I volunteer my time. As a matter of fact, for Thanksgiving and Christmas, I can't think of a last Thanksgiving that I haven't given back and helped out at a homeless shelter. That's my way of helping out humanity because I think we were put on this earth to help each other. And the way I help each other is through my charity of giving to the less fortunate. And it says in the book, it's better to give to receive. And I take that as I'm in a position to give. So I do give. How can the best ever listeners either get in touch with you or learn more about your company or your companies and get involved with your companies? I'm an open book. Most people find me in social media or they can go to the ISODAL website, but I'm on the social media platforms that people can reach out to me. I don't have a closed page. You can reach out to me and I answer your question any way I can. I'm always trying to help people and I always tell people I'll help you out any way I can because I think to whom much is given, much is expected, much is required. That's good too. And I keep saying that like I'm a Christian and I'm not I'm more like an energist. But there are some fundamentals in each religion that I think you can go by. But like I said, if anybody reaches out to me, I'll help them out any way they can, especially if they're trying to get into the cannabis space. Marvin, thank you for being on the show. This has been a powerful interview for entrepreneurs and as entrepreneurs and real estate investors because most of us have been in other industries and we've needed to pivot and get into real estate in some form or fashion and how you were able to do it. I mean, you mentioned you got a couple internships, Wall Street Journal, Reebok, but fill in the blank, just get an internship, get that experience wherever it is and start as Bill Walsh told you, whatever you do, get to doing it and just be immersed in it and identify and take away the fundamentals that you see others having success in the industry, whatever they're doing, take those fundamentals and apply it. And then also the sports lessons that you learned as an entrepreneur that you've applied to business. Give 100% and work hard. It's not a nine to five. Just like you had success in your previous life, it's 12 hour days. It's putting in the work, giving 100% and being consistent with it. And I love the visualization aspect of this. I love how you talked about that as well as how you do a recap for the week and identify areas for improvement. So thanks for being on the show. Grateful that we had a conversation. Hope you have a best ever day, Marvin, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Take care. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation Podcast at com.